this morning, which is cool because I have next week's sermon ready to go. Um, but uh, this doesn't happen very often when I wake up kind of into a word where it's like, it's like the word is waiting for me to, to have a cup of coffee, you know, it's so like, like, you know, or two. So it's like, but like the word was waiting and, and I always really appreciate like when the Lord shows up in that, in that way. But also I was dreaming all night last night. And when I woke up, I just had to begin kind of trying to process the dreams. And then I just kind of put them all aside while I was driving to the church. It's like one of the dreams came back to mind and the Lord was like, you need to process through the deals, the details of this quickly because it's, it's part of what I, what I'm doing and saying. And also um, the way that I hear from God is that when he speaks to me and, and, it, and it's really from him, sometimes it makes me really uncomfortable because because his voice sometimes doesn't sound like my voice or sometimes like the message that he's giving is actually causing me to kind of repent kind of real time. And, and so um, all that being said, there's just a lot going on in, in Darren's thing right here. <laughs> so I'm going to need some grace from you as I, as I try to process and work through what I feel like the Lord, what I feel like the Lord is saying. So let's just do this. Like, let's pray. That's always a, a good thing to do. Um, and let's really pray that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done, that his government would, would come and rest upon our shoulders. Yeah. Father, we welcome you. We know you're already here, but it's important that we acknowledge your presence and that we welcome your agenda. And that's what we do. We, we say we receive your agenda and we surrender all of our agendas. We welcome your father heart and we surrender all the parts of our heart that uh, are still entertaining alien and orphan ways of thinking. We, we surrender our, our, our seat of performance in order to step into a new seat of acceptance and inheritance. Lord, we, we ask that you would speak. That it'd be loud, it'd be clear, and it'd be heart-changing and heart-softening. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would speak and that you would, you would, you would change the way that we see and hear and, and feel and understand. As the deer pants for the waters, Lord, our, our spirit, it, it, it lusts for more um, revelation as to who we are and where we are seated. That place of such 
um, knowledge of your glory as it's covering the earth. Lord, our spirits, our soul, it longs for, for greater awareness and sensitivity for who you are, what you're doing, and how we can partner as sons and daughters. Lord, we are so grateful and thankful to have hearts that are beating this morning and to be together uh, amongst this family. We give you this time. We surrender this time. Lord, like this time is, is part of our offering that we give to you this morning. And Father, we, Lord, we ask that it would be set aside and it would be holy. And God, that you would do something deep and profound within us, uh, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody pray, said, amen. 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 Awesome. Good. Um, we're, we're, in a, we're in a battle right now. We're, we're, we're in a, a war, I guess you could say. And, it's, and it's, not the, it's not the war that you are seeing on the surface. It's not the war that you're seeing on the news or reading in the newspapers. It's not the battle that's occurring in Seattle um, that, that, that we're a part of, that we find ourselves a part of. It's a, it's, a, it's a war that's been going on for a long time. It's a battle that's been going on um, since the garden. And yet we're seeing a manifestation of this great conflict right now and it's and it's it's a radical opportunity for the body of Christ for us to recalibrate and for our senses and our spirit to become vigilant and and sharp and that's part of where we'll go next week is this this place where the holy spirit's trying to arouse us in this in this moment um, and so uh, it's important that we recognize that, that this, is a, this is a battle. It's been going on a long time. It's been going on since the garden. And it really is, it's, it's really an info war. We find ourselves in a generation of info wars, meaning that there's a, there's a battle of information that is taking place. And it's true. Your grandma was right. You are what you eat. There's a lot of hands that are being held out right now saying, look at this. It's good for the eyes. It's good for your days. You see, there's, there is this, there is this um, temptation to get us to receive information and to eat of it, to bring it into us. Jesus understood this, that on the night he was betrayed, he was amongst his friends at the table and he took the bread and he broke it and said, take this, eat it, bring it into you. In the same way that in the garden, Adam and Eve uh, were tempted to eat of the tree of information. You see, the info wars began in the garden. It was here, come, come. You must engage with the very thing that God told you to not engage with. It's, it's secret information. It's it, God. He's afraid that if you were to eat of the tree of information that you will be like him. But Adam and Eve were already like him. And the enemy and his deception was able to get these people to disobey the Lord. And in doing so, they gave up revelation for information. And in doing so, they advocated their authority and they lost the title of gardener. And they went from, be, from being gardeners to being survivors. 
that we see that Jesus came and he lived and he died and he resurrected. And he said, now there's an opportunity uh, to go back to Eden to begin to in the in light of what Jesus has done on the cross and what took place in the spirit and what took place in the heavens and and and, and this the veil of separation that was removed that, that was put in place in the garden. It's like you're invited, uh, like a generation is invited to come back to the garden and to steward. And this is what we've been talking about for the last few weeks that this area, you guys, on the real estate maps is called the Garden of Eden. And that here within this Garden of Eden, the Lord has planted a church called Seattle Revival Center. That we would be gardeners and that we would steward and that we would have a long-term perspective. And we've, we've, been, we've been having this conversation about, about, about three opportunities right now. And, and, and how do you know that your, your, your beliefs will determine your behaviors? So if you look at your behavior, you'll determine a subconscious belief that might be triggering a certain behavior. Now, if our theology, the word theology means your understanding of who God is and how he operates. So if your theology does not contain a framework for restoration on this side of death or the rapture, when there's conflict, you'll be looking to escape. See, when there's conflict on the earth, if our eschatology, which is our understanding of the end times, using big words today, if our eschatology, our understanding of the end times, is an expectation for conflict and then the rapture, that when times get tough, we will say, the Bible said there'd be days like this. Don't worry. Bunker down. He's getting us off this thing. But when you read the word of God, if you will see that it's the character and nature of God to not flee from conflict, but to go into the conflict. When you say that it is written that blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. And how do you make peace if there's no conflict? Blessed are those who go into the conflict, garden it and bring out shalom for they will be called the sons of God. If you escape it, how can you make peace? So if our, if our end times worldview does not have a concept or a value for restoration, then we're always going to be looking to escape. Now, if your, if your worldview, if your theology does not have a value for redemption, then what will happen is that you will see people in their humanity, in their carnality, in their depravity. You will see people that are preaching from a platform that is not yours. And what will you do? You'll drop the gavel. You will lock them in. You will tight cast them right there, right then. There is no transformation for them. There is no redemption for them. And what happens when we have that kind of Christianity? Well, then we have no choice. We have to attack them. Why? Because their very message is subverting our message, our morality, our mission. When there is a man that is threatening our mission and we have no concept for redemption, we feel biblically um, responsible to attack. You see, these are the different responses that we can do right now. We can escape, which means no theology for restoration. We can attack, which means no concept for, re for redemption. Or we can garden. And what's gardening? It means that we develop a biblical theology where we see the Bible begins and ends with beauty. 
<laughs> yep, it's this place where we can take redemption and restoration and see that this is our mission to begin to cultivate this beautiful gospel narrative to see the prayer of Jesus, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven through our creative, daily, supernatural contribution. It's going to require a long-term worldview. You're going to have to plan to be around a while. Why? This garden, is <laughs> it needs a lot of work. And this is that place. The problem is, is that there's a paralysis of analysis in the church right now. Why? Because we don't have the bandwidth to garden. Why? Because we've picked the camp. We've picked the team. There's battle lines being drawn everywhere. What team are you on? What channel do you listen to? What, you know, what, what blogs are you subscribed? What are you watching on YouTube? Well, well you, you, you don't know anything. That's what you need to pick a team. You need to pick a side. You need to, I don't even talk to that, but they're not even a believer. Why? You know, because they're a Democrat. Yeah, you know, like there's like that like just the, all this speech all this stuff all this you know are you part of the black lives matter or are you part of the every life matters are you part of the are the biden camp or are you part of the the trump camp and and you're just trying to take this all in and, and you're trying to discern you're trying to and here's here's the problem many christians many of us we're, we're, like we're like we, we we call what we're calling discernment is just very uh, 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 uh aggressive manipulative online content that was designed by psychologists at a high up level to trigger us. Triggering content with an agenda to divide us. What is it? It's an info war. It's a battle of information. And we need to determine whose table are we eating at? Because there are two trees in the garden. There was the tree of information, but if you eat of it, it'll rob you of your revelation. And the revelation is Adam and Eve, you're already like God. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? One of the first heresies in the early church, you have revival, you have salvations, the gospels flooding. And you know, one of the very first heresies that came in the early church was the heresy of Gnosticism. What was that? It was the introduction of a tree, a tree of hidden knowledge. That, 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 that for, for a long time, Jesus was enough. And the saints would go from city to city and preach Jesus. And then all of a sudden, there became these, these teachers with hidden knowledge, with secrets that nobody else knows. And, and all of a sudden, it, uh, this was a, this was a, uh, it sounded, they talked about Jesus and it was supernatural and it was, and it was all this stuff. And it was like, it was like, ooh, stuff that nobody knows, right? Like, but, but what was it that people that were eating of that information were trading out their identity as sons and they, they traded out their revelation for information. And in doing so, they stepped out of their authority to reconcile nations. Why? Because when you eat of this tree, the fruit of it, the fruit that begins to grow, it's not love and it's not joy. You know, when you eat of revelation, what grows? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and, and gentleness and self-control. But what happens when you eat of information, all of a sudden, all of, all of that fruit is now weakness. We don't need love. We don't need joy. It's time to get angry. We don't need peace. We need a fight. And I'm not even talking about what we're hearing. I'm talking about what I'm hearing from the church. 
that there is this place of what tree will you eat from? Will you say that kindness is weakness? And will you, will we come into, what I'm going to be talking about next week, you guys, is the attack against the body of Christ. And, 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 and what I saw is it's, a, it's an attack against the neck. Why? Because the enemy actually wants to separate the body from the head. So that there will be a, so that there will be the church of Jesus Christ, but no Christ in the Christianity, no anointing within the body and no ability for, um, for the thoughts and ways and, and, and life and virtues from, 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 from the, from the Lordship of Christ to actually be able to travel to the body because of the disconnection. Which means this, that we are in a day. It's not to come. That there is a time that we are living now when, when we can subscribe to Christianity and, and say that we are serving Jesus and to say that we're a part of this thing and yet Christ isn't our Lord. Why? Because we're not seated at his table. Well, how do you know that you're at his banqueting table? Because when you look up, his banner over you is love. And if you're eating at any table today, when you look up at the banners, not love, you are sitting at the wrong table with the wrong Lord. It doesn't matter what you're professing. It's what are you possessing? What's in your stomach? What have you eaten? Have you eaten of the fruit that he said not to eat? Or have you taken his body, which was broken for you? Have you taken the cup, which is the cup of the covenant, his blood? That this is where we are going, that you will know true Christianity. Because when you talk to a Christian, you'll hear, they'll reek of humility and brokenness. And they'll always take you back to the blood, the blood, the blood. I am only here because of his grace. That I am not superior to you because of my skin color. Because this whiteness is very temporary. Because what's eternal is the spirit inside of me. And you can't put a color on my spirit, man. I'm not trying to rob you of any sort of precious um, uh, 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 heritage that you've been given from the Lord through your skin color. And I'm not trying to make people white. I'm trying to get Darren to awaken to the reality of who I am, that I am an eternal son, that in eternity past, he knew me, he formed me, he framed me, and yet I've been brainwashed by the programming of this world, and I must begin to renew my mind, which means that it's time for me to get up from the table that I've been sitting at and to say, I can no longer eat this food. I'm going to the banqueting table. I'm going to where my father sits, where his banner over me is love. And you will know that I'm a true believer because of my love. And Jesus said, and they will know that they are, that they are part of my family because of how they treat each other and how they love each other and by what they share on their Facebooks. You will know that we are believers because of our love. And it's not our love. It's the father's love because my love's love. How about you? That you will, you will know that they are connected to the vine because even when they're all tapped out, there's a supernatural virtue that keeps Hallelujah. Aren't you, aren't you glad in those moments when you're weak that the strength of God shows up? What's that called? That's called grace. When you, when you have nothing to give, when you have nothing to say, but you still show up and you still sit down and, and your heart is breaking and you just feel like a, a clumsy, unpoetic fool. And then all of a sudden the spirit of God begins to bubble out of you and he begins to use you and you say I feel weak I feel tired I feel broken down I don't feel like I have any answers and there in your weakness God shows up and shows off and his strength can be seen through you isn't that beautiful 
And it is this, it is this, it is this place that there has been far too long a subconscious compromise where we thought that we could eat at two tables or we could eat of two trees. And this is what the Lord is doing. That I believe that this revival that we find ourselves a part of is maybe a less refreshing than the revival that we found ourselves a part of in the 90s. Why? Because this is not about the refreshing of the saints. This is about the reformation of nations. And what the Lord wants to do is really bring a recalibration and a leveling but it begins in us first. Yeah. It begins in you and I first. So kind of the, the, the deal is, I don't know if it's a bummer or not, but baby, you in a battle. But I don't like it. So what? You in it. You were born into it. The good news is he's equipped you with some weapons. So let's go. Everyone there? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 6. Hey, Bill Mayor, could you grab me a water? Thanks, bud. Uh, thanks, Luke. Thank, thank all of you guys. All right. Okay, 50 waters. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, amen? Look at your flesh. Look at that. Oh, nice flesh. You got some nice flesh. We are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They are not carnal. But they have divine power. Everyone say divine. divine. That means directly from heaven. Divine power to do what? To destroy strongholds. Now let's talk about strongholds for a second. Strongholds are different than, uh, than principalities. When we say to destroy strongholds, we're actually talking about strongholds of thought. Did you know that you were born underneath a principality and fortress of thought, a multi-generational construct um, that, that, there, that you were born into even a set and series of bents. A lot of us, we like to think that I am who I am because of the choices that I've made. Yeah, not, not kind of maybe, but maybe not really. You were born into a genetic line. You were nurtured or not by those who uh, uh, also had a, a series of constructs. And that we're, we're, our spirit man contains the data of all of eternity, and yet we're wrapped in the fracturedness of our own um, carnal DNA and our, 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 our parents' um, uh, iniquities and infirmities, and we're wrapped in all of that. There's something about blood that is so significant, just in the natural and we've, 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 and, and they can do these, I don't know, 23andMe, they can do these tests and these swabs. And I just did one recently where I gave them some saliva and they were able to tell me how I process food and how I process vitamins and what, and, and, and it's, and, and it was all according not to my blood. Blood is your reality. Your DNA is your bents. They could tell me if I had a bent towards uh, uh, being um, intolerant to glucose or intolerant to caffeine, that my DNA was tattling on me. Your DNA, it, it tattles on you. And we see here that we're born into sets and series of generational strongholds. The good news is we have divine power to destroy them. 
And there can be a, an adopt. There's this place where Holy Spirit is inside of your spirit. And there's the renewing of the mind. And you take off these helmets of information. And you put on your revelatory helmet of salvation. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, I have the mind of Christ. That's how Paul would say it. And so these, the, the, the destruction of strongholds are the destruction of defeater beliefs that would like to dictate to you reality. It's like the matrix. So when I, okay, I graduated in the year 2000, okay? Just tells you how old I am. So um, it, when I was a teenager, a movie came out called The Matrix, which I know a lot of young people have never even heard of. It's unfortunate for them. Um, and in The Matrix, there's this place where Neo picks a pill and he, 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 he decides he wants to discover reality. He takes a pill and all of a sudden he realizes that his whole life he's been a part of this system called the Matrix. And all of a sudden he, he gets to break out of the system and then he begins to be trained in how to uh, manipulate the rules and, 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 and to, um, to work the, this, this reality in order for there to be justice. And there's good guys and there's bad guys, there are these two teams that are, that are above the construct, the, the, the matrix uh, kind, of, kind of construct. And, 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 once, and it's really interesting, there's this place of just getting plugged in, that they would, they, they would plug this port into them, and all of a sudden they would begin to engage and, and do all, 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 all of this stuff. And this is what happens for, for, for the believer. It's like your whole life you've been told that, that this is reality, that, that the seen world is the real world, but all of a sudden, before you know it, Holy Spirit begins to uh, 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 reveal the strongholds of thought and these paradigms that you were born into. And all of a sudden you got this language called the language of the spirit. It's a, it's a tongue that your mind doesn't understand. And all of a sudden your mind begins to get renewed. And all of a sudden it's like, it's like the Lord kind of just unplugs you out of, out of the matrix of this world. And you get a new government and you get a new way of thinking. And, and the stuff that used to trigger you, the stuff that used to bother you, now, now you can keep your peace. And the storms that used to thrash you, now you can go into those storms without, without being affected by them and, and all of a sudden you realize that that the normal laws and 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 principles that govern nature that you can actually transcend them in order that there would be righteousness and justice returned to the earth and this is what we talk about here is that that restoration and justice cannot be executed externally that the battle begins internally and this is what we're feeling every day right now the internal battle we're not warring against flesh and blood right now we're battling inside of us and what are, what's the invitation to destroy strongholds verse 5 we destroy arguments that's a good word right now we 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 don't steward our arguments we destroy them <laughs> And not your argument. I have to destroy the inner argument and turmoil inside of me. Destroy arguments. And I like this one. Every lofty opinion. Do you know that arguments and every lofty opinion, that's the Greek word, logimos, which means um, the stuff that comes from your imagination. How many of you, you are, you've been living with yourself recently? And the majority of the conversations that you've been having have been with yourself. How many of you have been battling against a fortress of thought and you don't really know its inception point, its conception point? Because some of us are battling 
with giants that don't exist. They were framed up in your imagination or in the imagination of someone else. And this is where we have authority, is inside of us. We can take authority and we can demolish every lofty, imaginative conspiracy theory that does what? All of these things have an agenda. Because the information's not just uh, meanless facts. We're not talking about just Wikipedia information. We're talking about information with an agenda. And what's the agenda? Verse 5. To raise up and to destroy the knowledge of God. It says, take every thought captive. Just declare this right now. Take every thought captive. That word every in the Greek means every. Take every thought captive to do what? To obey Christ. And to punish every disobedience. Not externally, but right here. To, to, be, to be responsible. Yes. Yeah, it, when your obedience is complete. What, what, is, uh, what, is, a, what is sonship? Like, like this idea of like sons of God versus survivors. Is that when you're a survivor, when, when something nasty pops its head up, you say, well, that's because of my dad. He never hugged me. That's because of my mom. She just was never there. Like, like the survivor mentality always has to blame someone. When we start blaming, then, then what do we become? We, become? we become victims of the word have. I'm talking, I'm talking to me. I'm not talking about you. There's no victims here. Just, just Darren, okay? Uh, I'll just confess my sin. You can do whatever you want with Holy Spirit. You have your own conversation. Uh, victims say, I have to do that. Why? Because they're a victim of that. So we were doing our online services. I said, I, oh, this whole weekend, I have to edit. 30 hours, I have to edit. What does that mean? It means I am a victim of that place, right? But here's, here's the thing. That, that, what is it? That's a stronghold of thought. That is this place where we, where we, where we find ourselves in a position where, where you can listen to yourself and you can see, wow, I'm not gardening. I'm surviving. And what do I need to do? I need to use this weaponry, this power, this supernatural power from on high to say, I, I, I don't have to be alive right now. I get to be alive right now. That, because here's the problem, that if I take on, if I'm a victim of COVID and, or, or a victim of Governor Inslee, oh, poor SRC, we're outside. What a beautiful building, we're outside. When, if, if I take that on, now I advocate my authority as a gardener and now I am just a survivor and I won't do it. Thank you, Governor Inslee, that we actually get to enjoy Eden because if it wasn't for this, we, we, I, don't, I don't know if we would have gotten this. The Lord's like, it's time to get out of the building and into the garden. Why? Because I've got gardening that can't be done in that building. This is a prophetic drama. He's bringing us outside of a church with no walls. Why? Because it's time for the walls to get lost in the church. This is, this is God said, Darren, stink and recenter. You're not a victim of Governor Inslee. You're not a victim of COVID-19. You don't have to do anything. You get to do this. You're alive for this. You got the Holy Spirit for this. Yeah. And when you think that way, all of a sudden, you can become proactive. You can become a change agent. Right. And, 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 and here's the thing, that, 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 that the most active, the most proactive, the most powerful people, they don't complain a lot. Have you ever hung out with a powerful person? Yeah, I don't know. How do I know? Because when you hang out with them, you feel weak. 
Have you ever been around somebody that's physically strong, like really strong? And when you're around them, you just feel like weak. Have you ever hung out with somebody that's really rich? How do you know somebody's really rich? Because when you're around them, you feel really poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's true. And, and, and in this place, as we find ourselves in this place, the Lord is waking us up to who we are. Why? The information, it's a battle for our identity. In the garden, it was a battle for the identity. You can be greater than you are if you will receive this lie. And the church has received a lot of lies. They've eaten a lot of lies. And because of this, we're eating at tables with liars. And it's robbing the world of an opportunity to become better. Why? Because we have to be here. Yeah. And when you're in that place, you can't win. Because survivors really can't be winners. You can't be a champion in that place. It's until you realize, yeah, I've been victimized, but I am not a victim. Jesus hung on a cross, stripped naked. And in that place, he never did take on that mentality. In that place, he never surrendered his deity. Why? You understand that his own hurt was a part of the plan. Your own hurt can be a part of this plan. And that, your own hurt, qualifies you to be the kind of champion this earth needs to see. And this is what the, the lines that, that the Lord is drawing in the sand are lines for champions to begin to emerge, for champions to begin to rise up. And how do you know a champion? You know by, you know by the way they speak. You know the way that they conduct themselves. I'm seeing a lot of champions emerge right now. I love what the Lord, I love the, 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 um, all the prophets are prophesying 2020 year of exposure. They're like, 2019, the Epstein stuff, you thought you saw, you haven't seen nothing yet. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing exposure. We're seeing exposure in, in the Justice Department. We're seeing exposure um, in the court system. We're seeing exposure in the church. We're seeing exposure in all these different areas. And praise the Lord. You're like, this is ugly. This is some ugly stuff. This is nasty. Yep. But it's being exposed, and that is awesome. Why? Because champions can begin to emerge, and they can begin to speak. They can begin to address. Why? We don't, we don't stand hopeless because we're in an era of, 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 of compromise and, and, and chaos. That in this place, when there's war, there's an opportunity for peacemakers to come in and to execute shalom and to begin the garden. There's some great gardening opportunities if we'll think like sons, if we'll think like sons and daughters of God, if we will posture ourselves like champions. It begins here. Wage war inside. Yeah? That this place of, I will not allow any carnal conspiracy or fear-based theology to rob me of my revelation of who Jesus is and who I am in him. I'll say it. I will not allow any conspiracy or fear-based theology to rob me of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and who I am in him. Period. All that stuff has a frequency. All that stuff has a taste. All that stuff, you can feel it rip at your heart. Yep, and it's this place of, if the enemy can re remove the head from the body, how will the body function? With strings. And it'll be held by a principality. If you go far enough to the left, you'll find a principality. If you go far enough to the right, you'll find the same principality. You can go on to CNN, you'll hear frequency. You go to Fox News, you'll hear the same frequency. Why? If you go high enough up, 
you'll find the same principality. And it's inviting you, come and eat. Come and sit at my table. You can still keep Jesus. You can still keep, it'll be better. It's all about morality. They're trying to take your morality. But when you look up, there's no banner of love. It's a deception, information to rob you of your revelation. Destroy it. Obliterate the lofty opinions and punish your own internal disobedience. This is what we see here. All right, now I'll tell you my dream. <laughs> Everything that I just said, none of it was on the plan for today. None of it. I woke up into all of it. None of this was where I was going to go today. I knew that I was going to be speaking on spiritual warfare. That's all I knew. I knew that I was going to be speaking on weaponry. That's all I knew. I thought we were going to be talking about like the, you know, the, the, the belt buckle truth and the, and the sword of the spirit. I thought that's what we were going to be talking. And, 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 and honestly, when this stuff started coming up, and even in the first service, I started saying stuff that I didn't even, is this okay? Hey, am I, hey, you know, that's kind of, you know, and this is the third service and we're not streaming, so I can just be honest. Like, I was kind of like, all right, this is, this is, this is somewhat wild, you know, but now let me, now, now let me tell you my dream that I had last night and let me show you how it lines up. I was at a restaurant with my family and when we walk into the restaurant, we walk on these steps and the steps are really rickety. They're really unsafe and they're not even attached to the wall and we're really high up in order to get into the restaurant. We've got to walk down. Okay. These steps, cause we're going to be eating in a low place. And I got my family and we got our food and we're all starting to eat, but I feel very unsettled in my heart. So I'm there with my family. Okay. So we obviously have some sort of trust. And what are we doing? Food. We're eating it. Take and eat. We're bringing it inside of us. And I'm allowing for my kids. I mean, if, if you didn't trust an establishment, you wouldn't allow your kids to be there eating. And I'm looking around and everybody, this restaurant's packed. And everybody in this restaurant has color coordinating clothing on. So they all, they've been dressed for this moment. And I realized this isn't a restaurant. This is a production. That this whole thing has been coordinated. And this whole thing is, it's, it's unto something else. This has very little to do with the food. This has to do with some sort of imaging, some sort of message, some sort of agenda. And now I feel, I feel like I'm in the middle of it. And I begin to look around at the waiters and I begin to look around at the major, the major, major, major D and, and the wait staff and they're all anxious and they're talking to each other and they're whispering and they're conspiring. And, and that confirms my suspicion. That something's going on. So I get up and I go and I, conf I confront the wait staff. And then before I know it, I'm being surrounded and I'm being told that I have to leave the restaurant. So I get my family and, and it's like, we're getting, we're getting out of here. We're not going to sit at this table anymore. We're not going to eat that food anymore. We get up and, and we're, we're, we're heading out and, and they take us to an elevator. And this, this girl, she escorts us to the elevator. And the whole time she's speaking Christian words. It's like she knows my language. It's like we're the same thing. And we, we weren't. At one point, and I just remember this so vividly, she quotes the theologian and reformer John Calvin. And at that point, I had had enough. And I confront her in the dream. I said, okay, who's John Calvin? 
And she obviously doesn't know. She just begins talking and talking and talking without saying anything of any sort of real substance, trying to talk about, so no, you tell me, you tell me who John Calvin is. You think we have the same language? You think we're the same? Then who's John Calvin? And that was the end of the dream. When I woke up this morning, the Lord took me to a scripture text. A Greek word popped up. I, I, I needed to understand this, this Greek word. This is what will bring me in the next week, okay? I looked up this, this Greek word. You know, Greek's weird. It's like X's and P's with lines through it and stuff. It looks all frat housey. I, I, I just copied this Greek word. And I put it right into Google. Hit enter. And it took me into this, into this um, commentary. It was really good, but kind of old school. And I'm reading about this Greek word. And it's important commentaries. You need to know who wrote the commentary. You can't just subscribe to random stuff on the internet. Who would do that? So I went to find out who wrote this commentary. John Stinking Calvin. In the dream, this, this girl, out of all the reformers and theologians, she could have quoted Spurgeon, she could have quoted Martin Luther, she quotes John Calvin, and, and I end up on, a, on this random commentary. And in small writing, it says, the author is John Calvin. The Lord's like, Darren, you better stink and listen up. Where is your family eating? Where are your people eating? Where, where are the Seattle Revival Center peeps eating? Where, this is my family. My, in the dream, it wasn't just about my, my children. It was about you guys. It was about this, this thing that we call family. And, and we were there together. And the Lord's saying, it's time to get out of here. It's time to get out of this restaurant. This is not where God has called us. And so I believe that today is an Exodus Sunday for Seattle Revival Center. As we allow the Lord to come with his big scissors and to cut every carnal string that would like to control us. Because I don't want to be controlled by some system, by some paradigm, by some agenda. But I want, I want the control to come from the head, which is Christ. And I will not allow for this attack to come on the neck here at Seattle Revival Center to separate the head from the body so that we can be controlled by anything that triggers us and to call that discernment. When it's not, it's demonic. And so I, I'm saying, here at Seattle Revival Center, you are not a Republican. You are not a Democrat. You are a son and daughter of God. You are not a Jew. You are not a Gentile. Honor your heritage. Honor your family line. Honor your culture. But don't allow your culture to control you. Don't allow the American culture to control you. Don't allow the Seattle culture to control you. And don't allow the enemy to put his flesh hook in you to trigger you. Why? All those flesh hooks, they're designed by enemy to divide. It's an it's a antichrist spirit right now at work to subvert the prayer of Jesus in John 17 that we would be one just as he is one. Brothers and sisters, you need to repent for divisive speech on Facebook because you are propagating information at the cost of your own revelation. And what it's doing is it's bringing division and it will cost you your ability to guard it. It will cost you your ability to cultivate beauty and character. It will cost you your ability to really, uh, you will waste your life if you're allowing a system to control you and to formulate your thoughts. It's time to unplug. It's time to get out of the matrix. It's time to break free from this thought control hologram that we've been sold as reality. I'll tell you this. If you can see it, you should question it. Why? The truth is in the unseen. Sometimes the only way to see is to close your natural eyes. 
Sometimes you have to close your natural eyes so that the eyes of your heart can see. Pastor Darren, don't you know what they're doing? What they, they, they. I don't care about they. Greater is he who is in me than any sort of stinking days. I, I feel bad for the days. We always blame the day. They, they want you to say that. Who's they? I don't know. They. I'm not looking to get out of this thing. I'm looking to get into this thing. I'm not looking to attack someone. I'm looking to bless someone. I'm looking to rescue someone. I'm looking to, to, to jump into the water with somebody and, and to swim out of it. There are people, there's a generation that's dying because they don't know how to swim in this thing. And they're trying to swim and they're screaming and they're hollering, but we can't discern the scream. We've got to hear the scream behind the scream. We've got to hear uh, uh, all in all the noise, in all the chaos, there is this silent question saying, are you my daddy? Will you care for me? Will you love me? Or are you just going to hurt me and reject me like everything else? Everything else, everyone else promised me a home, promised me a family, promised me identity. Are, and, and, and we're going from one place to another. Believers are going from one place to another saying, oh, will you be my daddy? Will you be my... And we you've got people in the church that'll be your daddy for a thousand bucks a month and I'm telling you I'm telling you that judgment begins in the house of God and that means that the new judges are rising up I'm talking about you that we would stand up and that we would judge our own hearts because next time I hear a Christian talking about judgment for the world we tell them to read their stinking Bible. It begins in the house of God. That on the cross, he became justice. In the cross, he became my punishment. On the cross, the veil of separation was removed. And now I am qualified to be a good self-judge. That we use, we've always been taught, we use our spiritual weapons against others. No, you use them against yourself because the war is internal. The war is in your heart. The war is in your head. And if we can overcome here, we will overcome out there. The enemy, as long as he's got a flesh hook in you, he'll always pull you at the most inconvenient time. You'll be right on the threshold of beauty, right on the, on the threshold of victory, and the enemy will be right there to pull that hook, to pull that, 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 that place. And this is the time we've got to invite, let's stand, to invite Holy Spirit to become, to hover over the chaos and that he would begin to help us begin to repent, to pull these things out of us. I do not want to be manipulated by a thought control system. I want to function on the earth as a son, a son of righteousness, a son of justice, an ambassador of reconciliation. So every time I look up, I see the same banner, his love, his love, his love, his love, his love, his love. That every time you look up, even when you fail, even when you didn't do a good job, you look up and you see the same banner. His love, his love, his love, his love. Pastor Dan, don't you know what she said? She said the most vile, the most disgusting thing. But the banner over her is the same banner over you. It's love, it's love, it's love, it's love. I believe in a God of redemption. Why? Because I know my own story. <laughs> I believe in a God of restoration. Why? Because I know my own story. I know that this is a God of redemption and restoration because I know some of all your, some of your guys' stories. Amen. And this is what I know. 
If you're available, if you will surrender your life to him, he will use you to make this earth better, to bring his kingdom, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven through one body, through one bride, the glorious, the beautiful bride of Christ. It's a remnant that is standing up. It's not all Christians, you guys. It's a remnant in this time. It's a few people that are standing up and saying, I will not be eating at this establishment any longer. I will not be subscribing to this Facebook page any longer. I will not be having these conversations any longer. I will not be sharing this kind of garbage any longer. I'm standing up. My family is standing up. Seattle Bible Center is standing up. We will not be eating here any longer. We surrender our all to you, King Jesus. You are our only King. We are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. And we believe in the Father's love for all humanity. Lord, we bless your holy name. We give you thanks for this adjustment in our hearts. And we receive right now the revelation of divine power to destroy every stronghold. Right now, just receive it right now. Your weaponry right now to destroy every stronghold, to, to destroy every uh, uh, a speculative conspiracy argument that would come to raise itself against the Lordship of Christ. You receive it right now, a fresh authority, a fresh courage to begin to operate in the Spirit, to see these adjustments come. Just declare it to me right now. I will not advocate my leadership on the earth. Jesus, you created me for this time, for this place, for your glory, and by your grace. All the saints of God said, amen, amen. Podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review. If you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks guys.